0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, 5 Minutes with a G, the straight shooting view, coaching with JBK, we produce, record and edit video content and audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Verbal, Podomatic, Anchor, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk Revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and www.pitch-talk.com The pitch is where we eat, the pitch is where we sleep and the pitch is where we talk Welcome to the Straight Shooting View Hey everybody, what is up? My name is Straight Shooting LJ and welcome to another episode of the Straight Shooting View And in this episode... I'll be reviewing Anthony Taylor on the High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey and psychologist Professor Damien Hughes. The podcast episode was titled Thinking Correctly Under Pressure. Great title, by the way. Now, first, say Jake Humphrey is right about holding refs to a standard of perfection and that refs do get abused, but to know what Premier Leagues are the most abused, verbally, of course, it's very true that more empathy is needed and people need to stop expecting perfection from floor people in positions that we can't even empathize with. But it was sad to hear Anthony Taylor is the most criticized referee in the Premier League. But the resilience of people taking a hit over the last few years during the pandemic was an interesting point made by Anthony Taylor. And the Christian Eriksen situation and Anthony Taylor's reaction to it And managing the situation was interesting because, to me, it really humanised him. And it was important to show that refs aren't robots and that rash decisions shouldn't be made. I mean, his mention of working in the prison service was very interesting. And talking about a colleague taking his own life and using that kind of experience to navigate the Ericsson situation in split seconds. And interacting with players to help everybody understand the situation and manage it was amazing. I mean, having to deal with that alone was interesting as he had to stay switched on because remember, the game where he started during, during Euro 2020. I mean, talking about his origins though and bottling up, like feel a feeling of standing in front of 60,000 people as a ref, being the next best thing to play him was an interesting perspective. And him liking an adventure, I think is a really cool insight into the psyche of Anthony Taylor as a person. And the University of Portsmouth study in 2020 that was mentioned was 60% of those who get into refereeing being verbally or physically abused every one or two games. It's actually a horrific stat when you think about it. Why would you want to be a referee? I mean, the mention of open-age grassroots football dwindling that struck a chord with me, and the mention of a large proportion of referees at grassroots level being under 18s was actually something interesting, and I didn't know. But the abuse of those refs, I mean, Taylor was saying it's unacceptable to abuse male or female referees of that age. And it's unacceptable. But parents on the sidelines seem to find it acceptable to do so, even though they wouldn't want it done to their own children. And it wouldn't happen elsewhere. Like, the school nativity play analogy was an interesting comparison. I mean, blame culture, of course, is a major issue. And the example being shown by the pros is one thing. But comparing it to other sports such as rugby... It's a very good point. I mean, other sports would drop the ban hammer, but football doesn't. And Jake, Humphrey, Jake Humphrey's point about logistical challenges of officiating a match and a lack of understanding, I think is true. And there is definitely a misrepresentation. Because Taylor talking about people understanding the laws of the game this, and how the decisions are made and the camera angles available to refs. I mean, this was supposed to help, be helped by VAR in theory. And the understanding and perspective of those making the decisions is crucial as well. But I do disagree with pulling back the curtain, to borrow some wrestling vernacular, and letting people hear all the conversations that go on during the match. Because with the culture that we live in, people will always, always find something to complain about or something to blame. And like in general with VAR, it'll be the wrong target to aim man. I mean, VAR and other technology was seen to be a saviour. And again, I agree that you can't have it both ways. Say that VAR would clear up every discrepancy, but then say it's a disaster when the decision is tight, but right, like a big toe offside. The explanation of making a decision is something I feel every football fan needs to listen to on this podcast episode. When you see something happen, you're judging the level of contact, then judging the consequence of that contact, then trying to fit both of those things into the thoughts of the parameters set at the beginning of the season based on the expectations of the competition you're officiating in at any one time. I mean, that's tough stuff. Because the Champions League rules differ from Premier League rules in national matches of different parameters, from World Cup qualifiers, European qualifier, Europe qualifiers, they res- they reside under different jurisdictions of FIFA and UEFA. So I'm kind of glad that Taylor put to bed that misconception that refs have in the back of their minds about oh what are the media going to think oh this is a big side oh their fans are loud and etc. and It was interesting to hear him say a view that I agree with. When you're focused on the job that you're doing, you can block everything out and you may as well be standing in a local park. But blocking out the noise out of previous stats, such as cars given penalties given by this referee and managers trying to influence rest through comments in the media. The challenges within a game are affected by the individual players who play in that game. A very interesting take. And Taylor goes on to talk about positioning and understanding patterns of play, like the difference between a Manchester City v Liverpool game and that almost frenetic pace passing in triangles, etc., versus others. And having to make decisions in split seconds and get people to accept the decisions made that quickly. Building relationships with players, as opposed to the perception of being robotic as a perspective, that doesn't get recognition at all. And as people, there is definitely a lot of instances with referees or people in power in general who are expected to be robotic or even uncaring. But the squad visits at the start of the season from refs, I think, could be something that, if done at other levels, could help. Because it would give players a chance to have dialogue with the refs. Like, at the level I play at in the amateur leagues, generally the guys I play alongside at are Ibis Eagles. We'll be happy during the post-match hospitality to have a beer and some food with the ref, maybe even talk about the decisions in the game or just have a general chat. Which ties into, for me, Anthony Taylor's point about humanising refs. Some refs, in my view, dehumanise themselves by making decisions and being authoritarian, but then seemingly letting other decisions go and then after the game just leaving straight away. Or even isolating themselves instead of giving a rational explanation, which will probably calm most players down, because it would give them an understanding of the decision-making process, which I think is key. As most football players, fans, etc., don't completely understand the rules, let alone the parameters of the same rules in different competitions, and that can often lead to frustration as well. Because, as I've said about about VAR. The grey areas around rules are the biggest hindrance to VAR's success. VAR as a tool, as I've said before, is doing what it's supposed to. Show alternate angles of the same incident to help referees come to as near to a correct aid decision as humanly possible. But it is frustrating when you have instances where ref has made a split second decision doesn't seem sure. And in those instances, remember, you're not supposed to give penalties, for instance, if you're not sure. But a decision is given with all the authority in the world, sometimes without even looking at the additional screens at, and that additional angles at the ref's disposal. And it's frustrating when the reasoning behind that is because the referee or even the powers that be don't want to undermine the ref's authority. When to me, if anything, it would help as the ref is asking for assistance from something that is unbiased video replay and is there for his or her benefit to help again as said make as close to a correct decision as possible and some refs seem like they don't want to use the technology for example the tv screens a pitch site whether that be ego or not or not being wanting to seem to be seen as weak but that needs to be put to the side i mean i never thought var was going to be the savior, and blame culture is definitely prevalent. And Jake Humphrey was spot on about the emotional investment that fans and pundits have in the game. As mentioned, all of this happens in a split second moment, and managers trying to influence decisions, same with players, to be honest, getting in the. Sometimes. Communication is key And communication between VAR and referees sometimes is poor And it was only a year or so ago that the Premier League Said that they would encourage refs to look at the screen When really if a ref isn't sure They should be using the technology at their disposal to help As a knee-jerk reaction I mean judging intensity of a tackle Repercussions from it The considerations including laws of the game expectations and having VAR, the fourth official, players in your head. That's a lot to sift through at one time. Like a telepath in sci-fi films, hearing everybody's thoughts whilst walking down the street. Imagine filtering. I mean, having to make a logical decision when the emotional part of you is quicker was a great point made by Professor Damien Hughes. And Taylor saying you've basically got to talk to yourself, clear your mind, have a look at the decision again, These days with technology, you don't need to replay it in your mind anymore. It's there on the screens. But the issue with that is that every armchair fan is seeing it as well and is on social media ready to bury it. And Taylor talking about making a mistake and seeing you've made a mistake, that could take a while to realize and come back and say, I messed up there, I'm sorry, but it can't be changed now. Because saying sorry is key. And maybe even explaining things could be crucial in, the, in changing the mentality of people and their reactions. Sorry can be a great diffuser of anger, holding your hands up and admitting I made a mistake. And refs don't necessarily get to do that. And I think the media very much feed this as they don't have refs speaking out. And fortunately on podcasts like this one, refs are speaking out a bit more now. But it might be a bit dangerous to get refs speaking in the heat at the moment. Like right after a match because look at how the media are with players and they try and trip up players Like Jeff, Jeff Shreves with Branislav Ivanovich back in 2012 when he was going to miss the Champions League final And Jeff Shreves kept chipping away at him like he was trying to break him Now imagine a referee getting a major call wrong and that kind of thing happening It'd be absolute carnage because you can imagine someone like Jeff Seriz trying to needle a ref into a soundbite that would get twisted beyond all recognition and end up on the back pages of every tabloid and on every clickbait website out there. But if it was, say, a day later, when tempers have died down and cooler heads prevail, something like that could be useful. Not needling, I mean, getting rest to speak out. And having the refs corner, of, say, a show. Instead of scrutinizing and criticizing refs, let them come out and explain, if they want to, their decisions and decision-making process in general, and also for certain decisions. And if people want to disagree, then okay. But at least they'd have more context as to how that decision was made and the parameters and pressures a referee faces in making those split-second decisions. That sometimes, even with VAR, is still extremely difficult. I mean... Making difficult decisions and confidence issues was an interesting part and regaining focus was intriguing as well, like with any job. Sometimes you need to get away from it. Do something else. I mean, as Taylor said about walking the dogs and coming back with a fresh mind. It was interesting to hear the process of judging performance by refereeing bodies. And also the Premier League having ex-players on a board, looking at it from the players' perspective. I mean, that could be outdated in regards to the laws of the game, as Taylor mentioned. But again, this is problematic when the laws of the game are changed basically every season by the I- IFAB. I mean, one decision costing aside a game. I'm actually with Taylor when he was talking about one decision not costing aside a game. And there are other factors. But there are decisions that are momentum shifters as I like to call it may not cost you the game but it's just the momentum understanding and empathy though I'd say along with balance need to be perpetuated by the media as the media never present a balanced argument which again as I always say football is a microcosm of society with double standards and referees are never congratulated for a good performance at elite level Grassroots level, using my team Iber Eagles again as an example, in the Southern Amateur League we have to give a ref a mark after each game And if you'll get him 90 plus then that's basically our way of congratulating And some refs pre-match will say that some refs are fair but firm And that's almost a congratulations to a ref because we're admitting our respect for them And I'm happy to say it to a referee post-match if he was firm but fair as opposed to authoritarian with no empathy for players or player safety. And I've had that experience because I, I had my concussion in 2017 and the ref lied about checking on me to one of my teammates when he never showed any concern. Even though he saw me get kicked in the temple from 10 yards away. Expecting empathy towards himself. I mean, have no fear of making a mistake or admitting you're wrong. Great final words from Anthony Taylor. And I think Humphrey is spot on about needing to hear from refs more but I think it needs to be done very carefully and I wouldn't do it immediately as said because the emotion is still too raw but maybe days later as we live in a world where people will twist and manipulate and take things out of context to fit a sensationalist narrative to get themselves attention and the parasitic media do nothing but fuel this mentality. By blaming, perpetuating blame culture, by blaming individuals, instead of looking at root causes and the systems creating the actual problems. When you dehumanize someone and make them feel worthless, it ends up being reflected in their thoughts, feelings and actions and their performance. And most of the time, people point those guns inwards. I think one of the main takeaways, and Jake Humphrey did a very good job in really like driving the point home. Empathy and understanding. Understanding a referee's decision-making process, I think will help fans, pundits, players empathize with a referee and the decisions they have to make and how quickly they have to make them. And you'd hope by developing and fostering that level of understanding it would help in general people apply that to other areas so not just in football so apply it to daily life so applying it to say the shop assistant who may be struggling who may be struggling to get the queues moving or somebody in their family who might be just having a who might be having a bad day or a friend who's having a bad day who need someone to talk to, someone to vent to, or a partner who may be struggling under the weight of expectation, under the weight of this and that, and just life in general. So, for me, the High Performance Podcast episode, Thinking Correctly Under Pressure, with Anthony Taylor, was about a lot more than football. Even though it was football-focused, it was about a lot more than that. And a lot of what was said in it can be applied to daily life, which for me made it a really intriguing episode. I would, I would encourage you to check it out. Link will be in the description to it. Check it out. Jay Humphrey and Professor Damien Hughes. They're the High Performance Podcast, Thinking Correctly Under Pressure. It's a very very interesting podcast episode with referee Anthony Taylor And you know what, it is one of them ones I very much enjoyed listening to it And it is one of them ones where it's like shout out to all the referees there Sometimes some of us have to be referees in daily life <laughs> when it comes to what Anthony Taylor spoke about, about dealing with other things and using other experiences, such as him working in the prison system and applying that to football. Sometimes, a lot of us, maybe in our daily lives, are refs. So, a little understanding of that can help a little understanding in the microcosm that is football. You know what? I have been straight shooting LJA and I've very much enjoyed reviewing. That episode of the High Performance Podcast with Anthony Taylor. Remember, www.pitch-talk.com is our official website. I want to know your views. Comment section is below. Let us know your views. www.pitch-talk.com is the official website for everything pitch talk youtube.com forward slash pitch talk is where you can find our videos facebook.com forward slash pitch talk become a fan become a fan become a member of the group join the footballing revolution we are working so hard to create at pitch talk on twitter tweet with us follow us see what we are up to also at pitch talk on instagram for vlog previews pictures and much much more you can also catch our podcast on our website. Check out the RSS feed on our website. Remember, we're on verbal.com as well, at GetVerbal on Twitter. Tweet them and let them know we sent you because we are Verbal Ambassadors and proud of it. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever you find your podcast, you'll be able to find us. You'll be able to find us. So it is one of them ones. I've had a lot of fun reviewing a podcast episode. <laughs> Doing a vlog slash podcast, reviewing another podcast. I've enjoyed it. Hopefully you've enjoyed it too. I have been Straight Shooting LJA and until next time on the Straight Shooting View, thank you for your time. Take it easy, peeps. Join the Pitch Talk revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website. www.pitch-talk.com Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, Five Minutes with a G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, We produce, record and edit video content and audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Verbal, Podomatic, Anchor, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and www.pitch-talk.com. The pitch is where we eat. The pitch is where we sleep. And the pitch is where we talk.